You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, David Rinkemeyer, VP of Sales for DM Fulfillment. The world of e-commerce has grown at an exponential rate since the early days of the internet. Along with that growth comes added complexity and challenges that both companies and consumers have to adapt to in order to achieve that seamless shopping experience. David Rinkemeyer of DM Fulfillment shares his insight into the many working parts behind the scenes that have to come together to address everything from supply chain and patience to the pick, pack, and ship process. Joining me today is David Rinkemeyer, VP of Sales for DM Fulfillment. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Jeff. So we're here to talk today about the dynamic and wonderful world of e-commerce. David, what's your background? How did you arrive at e-commerce as an industry to join? Great question, really. Uh, I've been in sales for the last 25-plus years, uh, predominantly selling a a value-added solution, if you will. Um, And for the last 10 years, I've really been with the same company, Distribution Management, working for the last uh, first eight years on, on really the wholesale imaging supply side of the business. But for the last two years, I've focused specifically on the third-party fulfillment piece of our business where I've been uh, managing the sales side of our operations in, in e-commerce. So not a, not a vast background in uh, e-commerce fulfillment, but excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the future. A lot of terms that you threw around there. Can you explain to the layperson what e-commerce is? What is that process from order to delivery? Yeah, that's a great question because it can be very simple and it can be very, very dynamic, right? So from a simple flowchart perspective, the, the, the process itself really is a consumer goes to a, a brand's website, they place an order on a shopping cart, that information gets transmitted or communicated to the fulfillment center to pick, pack, and ship that particular product and ship that order back to the consumer. So in general, it seems very simplistic, right? But if you really get behind the curtains, it becomes very, very complex. As an example, if you take, uh, let's just say, brand A um, as a customer, as a, a company that's out there selling a, a widget, brand A might be selling their product on their own website. They might be selling their product on a an Amazon.com or something to that nature. They might be selling their product on a on a retailer's website. So three different distinct channels of where they're selling their product. Where it gets complicated is a third-party fulfillment company has to be connected to all of those different platforms in order to get uh, and receive inventory and order information back and forth to the consumer. So the complexities of just getting that information is, is very specific. But then once you take even a step further, and if you look at each one of those individual platforms as a selling platform, the fulfillment company then has to make sure that they understand the requirements that go along with each individual order. So the packing slips might be different depending on what platform it comes in on. The, the labeling requirements might be different. And then even the, uh, the packaging uh, experience itself could be very different for each channel. So along with the communication between all the different platforms, and then getting all of the requirements and compliance uh, needs right in order to get the consumer the, the correct end-user experience that the brand wants is a very complicated process. So there's a lot of moving pieces and parts that go into making sure it happens. That's a lot of steps. And speaking of the, the Internet, it hasn't been around that long, relatively speaking. So as a result, e-commerce has not been around that long. How has it changed for you since the days of the first online sales? <laughs> I, I, that's a big question. Uh, I think 
two things come to mind immediately. Uh, that would be availability and expectations, right? Um, so if you just think about somebody that's placed an order online 15 years ago, and they might be going online to shop for something, and, and their, their options of what they want to buy and where they want to buy it were limited, you know, 15 years ago. Right, right. But not only that, their expectations were a lot less 15 years ago, meaning that, you know, when they did hit purchase on that website, you know, they may or may not get any type of communication back and forth from that, that company indicating that the order was actually received and submitted and shipped. So there, there's very little confirmations back then. And then their expectation of when they're actually going to get the product delivered was probably five, ten days, you know, easily, depending on how close they were to the fulfillment center. So their expectations were pretty low back then. When you come to the present time, right, the availability obviously is off the charts. You can buy anything from anybody online. And then the expectations are extremely high, as I'm sure you have experienced in your uh, purchasing things online. You you expect everything to happen immediately, right? And and so you, you hit purchase, you immediately expect some kind of confirmation back that uh, somebody has received your order. You also then expect somebody to pick, pack, and ship that order the same day. And in order to get that out the door, you want a shipping confirmation so you know where it is. So the expectations have risen dramatically, and then you also want to receive that product or that purchase, if you will, within a couple of days, not five to ten days. So uh, along with, you know, the past availability and expectations, I think expectations have just risen so dramatically that, you know, the automation and technology that has risen along with that has come has, has gotten people to expect more and more because things are more automated in the fulfillment centers. They're more automated as it relates to transmitting that information back and forth as well. Speaking of those technologies, the industry is constantly evolving. It's still evolving on a day-to-day basis, it seems. What technologies do you think are around the corner that will either aid or disrupt the way fulfillment's handled now? Do you see something coming down the line that gives you pause or something that's coming down the line that gives you hope? I think that you can get a different answer depending on who you're asking that question, right? I'm I'm a (laughs) VP of sales, so my my answer is going to be different than maybe the VP of operations, right? So two different different perspectives. Uh, For me, really, there's already a lot of technology in in the industry as it relates to fulfillment services, uh, and almost to a point where it can be too much depending on the vertical of clients you have. And the reason I say that is because I think there's always going to be an element of technology and automation, but also an equivalent element of human interaction. So, for example, in the uh, apparel vertical, I don't know that you're ever going to have complete automation from from order purchase to confirmation to pick, pack, ship, and, and out the door, right? There's always going to be that, that human element needed because that brand wants the consumer to experience the brand itself. And by doing that and wanting to do that, you really have to have that human intervention of, of making sure that the, the items are put into the packaging just right. There's tissue paper on top. There's a nice uh, label that, that has their brand image on it. And, and everything is just an experience. So I think in the apparel industry, as an example, I, I think there could be too much technology or automation that, that could take place. Whereas other types of verticals, you know, you can automate the entire process and it would, it would be very advantageous. So from my perspective, Jeff, I think it, it can be a very um, dangerous road to go down is to try to automate everything no matter what. 
I think right. there's always got to be an element of, of automation and human intervention. So, yeah, that, that would be my answer as opposed to, like I said, I, I would imagine you get a completely different answer from, from somebody that's working in the facilities or in the operation side itself. And what about the fulfillment service itself? What are the advantages of a fulfillment service? Well, the advantage is, I mean, I think the most basic advantage uh, of using a fulfillment uh, solution company is you allow each party, meaning the third-party fulfillment company and the company that's selling their product, to do what they're good at, right? Uh, allow each of us to really focus on what we're really good at, which one would be the brand is focused on selling and marketing their product and in order to grow their business. And then the third-party fulfillment company allow us to focus what we were built to do, which is the, the bringing in of the inventory, the storage of the product, and then the pick, package, chip of small parcel items. Uh, that is what we're built to do. That is what we're really good at. So I think the, the real basic advantage is just letting everybody do what they're best at. There's obviously real cost in, involved in, in doing your own fulfillment as well. So, you know, there's advantages of, of being able to keep that, that cost internally to, again, pour back into marketing and selling of your product as opposed to outlaying that cash to build your own fulfillment center uh, as opposed to letting somebody else do it. Right, and you handle so many things. There's so many channels that you have to deal with. What are the biggest challenges for e-commerce fulfillment? Well, I think, again, I think one of the biggest challenges for a company looking for e-commerce fulfillment is that they need to really focus on finding a partner that specializes on that direct-to-consumer business. It is very different than traditional or historical uh, sense of fulfillment companies that are bringing in bulk product, shipping out pallets of product. This is a completely different infrastructure and expertise needed to pick and pack one item at a time and send it out the door. So that's, that's one component of, of a challenge uh, maybe for the company itself. I would say for us, a third-party fulfillment company, one of the biggest challenges that we have, as, a, as I imagine everybody else does, is just the, the ebbs and flows of order volumes and managing to the resources needed to, to be able to manage to that volume as it goes up drastically and then comes back down drastically. So just the, the, the overall management of resources is, is, is always going to be a big challenge, an even bigger challenge as it continues to grow in e-commerce. And then there's more competition fighting for those same people or same resources that everybody else needs as well. Now, this just came over the wire uh, a few days ago, but Amazon is uh, bulking up on their ocean shipping capabilities. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, something that I think is very important because and even in a lot of clients, if you look at the, the companies that are based in the U.S., part of their growth opportunities are international uh, shipments as well as far as attracting clients overseas, wherever that might be. And so I think there's always going to be avenues to, to, for, for companies, third-party fulfillment companies, e-commerce specific, on how to improve their international shipping methods as far as more accuracy uh, and, and better days in transit. So I think that is an evolution that will continue to happen. I don't know what the right solution is for, for them. It might be that. Uh, for others, uh, it might be a completely different avenue to improve their international uh, shipping for, for direct-to-consumer business. How about uh, shippers and carriers themselves? How do they prepare themselves for the future of e-commerce? Well, I think they uh, should prepare themselves to be busy. Uh, I think e-commerce <laughs> is, is obviously here to stay and going to keep growing, right? And, and, and not only just in sheer volume and numbers, 
But again, back to a previous question of I think their expectations are going to continue to grow, meaning they're going to want their products quicker. And so I think from a sheer volume, they're going to have to grow. But also in a solution of days in transit, I think they're going to have to find ways to continue to shrink or shorten the days in transit. Um, Obviously, you know and have seen and read where, you know, Uber's getting involved and, and same-day delivery and things to that nature will continue to escalate. I hope it doesn't become the norm. Um, I, I think that's a bit drastic, but I think everybody is going to have to have that as an option to have same-day delivery as well. So how long before that transporter technology comes into play? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, who knows, right? Uh, I'm sure just I'm sure it'll be out there for somebody to be able to use one way or another, but uh, <laughs> You know, I think uh, to some extent you can take things a little too far as well. What is your sense of the immediate future for e-commerce? What are some predictions from your end on uh, on how things will change? You know, I think in the most basic pretense, I think the things will continue to grow uh, dramatically as, as being more and more people will continue to order more and more things online. It, it, even if you can't think it's possible that it's going to grow that much, the generation coming up, is still, you know, really the driver behind buying online. Uh, and so I think everything and anything will be bought online going into the future. And, and so I think it, it will continue to dramatically grow. And, and, and I, I think the struggle will be how do you make it more automated without uh, losing that, that human touch, right, and, and to continue that brand experience. So I think that will always be the, the give and take within, uh, within this industry as it continues to evolve. Um, I do believe that, again, the, just the, the overall delivery of, of your product to the consumer, I think that will have probably the biggest opportunity to, to change dramatically where, you know, same-day delivery not only is expected, it's, it's the norm mm-hmm. um, as, as the, the shipping and, and ship carriers start changing their methodologies and, and becoming more prevalent in everywhere they are as far as major cities and what have you. So I think those things will drive, drive this industry uh, quite a bit in the future. Are the brick-and-mortar stores a thing of the past? Uh, I, I, as you probably have seen over the years, I think it's definitely a, a changing role, um, brick-and-mortar versus e-commerce online. I, I do believe there's always a spot for them. And in, in different uh, segments of, of, the, of the world and geography-wise, there will be more uh, of a prevalence than others. But I do believe that the brick-and-mortar stores will, will change, continue to evolve into really what their role is going to be into the future. And it's vastly different from what it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Where it ends up, I, you know, I can't predict the future from that, pers- that extent, but I definitely know it will continue to evolve. Yeah, uh, and speaking of that evolution, going back to Amazon one more time, I think they just announced that they were going to be dipping their toe into the brick-and-mortar waters is that something that you think is part of that evolution? I do. I think, you know, Amazon being who they are have, has a lot of uh, power behind uh, what they want to do and how they want to do it to, to dictate to the industry. So I think they will continue to change the landscape for everybody else. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly where that's going to come out for them, but I think uh, I wouldn't bet against them at this point, right? So I think mm-hmm. once that happens and what it looks like, I think people will continue to evolve into those different uh, methods as well. What about distribution management? What are you guys doing to prepare yourself for the future? How are you staying ahead of technology and trends? Yeah, uh, great question. So uh, we continue to uh, pour resources and and money into the infrastructure itself. 
um, to be able to manage uh, all of our facilities uh, in the same way, no matter which facility you're getting your product in and out of. So for us, it's really uh, building the infrastructure and the operating processes uh, and setting those in place, which we've done a, a marvelous job of over the, over the many years, and, and, and been putting us in a position to scale easily, right? So it's, it's more important for us to find the right client and the right fit um, that fit into what we're really, really good at, um, which obviously benefits all parties involved. So it's continuing to stay uh, involved with the technology and automation without having to be bleeding edge but uh, making sure that we're definitely staying involved in, in improving what we can do from a process perspective to continue to, to meet the level of expectations that the consumers have. David Rinkemeyer, thank you so much for sitting with us, and, and I will hopefully see you at a transporter someday soon. Thank you very much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. All of these links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.